Hey there, Shop Maniacs. You are listening to another CSS-powered episode of the Shop Talk Show. I'm Dave uh, in the shed. Rupert with me is Chris in the booth courier. Hey, Chris, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing absolutely fantastic. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me on your show on this 580th edition of, of Shop Talk Show. My Look pleasure. This. this is great. Dave and I even hung out earlier. We did hang out. We hung out and we uh, shared sneak peeks of the apps we're working on. Uh, so Yeah, yeah you got to do that. Some of the people you think you know the best, you know, it's like, do you actually know what they're working on? You should take the time to find out because that's always a nice thing to do. But this is a guest episode. And like Dave alluded to, of course, it's going to be very heavily about CSS because we have a CSS survey that's just about to drop a bunch of 2023 data on us. Uh, that's going to be great. And we have one of the uh, uh, the people that was behind and helped with the survey this year. Hoi Jing Chen. Hi, Hoi Jing. How are you? Hello. Hello. I'm doing well. Great to see you. Oh yes, great to see you too. Can't wait. So you're are you in uh, you're in Singapore at the moment as oh, we yes. speak? Yes, oh, I wonderful. Am. I can see a fan blowing on you. Probably highly necessary there. Hundred percent. It's uh, absolutely <laughs> necessary. Three hundred and sixty-five days of the year. Can't live without. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. D- not known for its uh, cool fall weather. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> no, but you are known for being a longtime CSS advocate and stuff. You were, we were just saying before the show, we were hanging out that you're approaching your, your tenure, surely longer than that of, of being involved with, with, the, with the web and, and IT work and web work and all that. But 10 years of real, true, gainful employment, I believe you put it. Uh, a decade anniversary. Yep, coming up soon. That's great. You don't get a pin or anything, but you do get spicier opinions. Those are oh gonna... for sure. Like yeah. <laughs> I want to say I get spicier opinions, and then yet I also mellow out. So it's like an internal monologue that like I, I'm mad at this, and then you're like, oh, but I'm tired. So yeah, you're wrong, <laughs> but I'm not even gonna tell you. <laughs> yeah, my energy to like correct the situation is just not there. So yeah, no, hey, no. I'm gonna let that one go. Yeah. A lot more shruggies at this age, it seems. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you've been through a few, you can just say, you know, I don't care. There's a current trend, I was going to, uh, sorry, about web components and kind of their, their like uh, downsides. You know, a couple, few blog posts, and I'm in some chats about web components. And, um, and, and I'm just like, well, let it roll. I mean, if people have problems, let's, let's write them down. Let's, collect some feedback but i think like uh for some people they're just like oh i'm so mad there's one thing wrong with that post and i'm like no, i don't care to be honest so, <laughs> uh, it's, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of energy to be so mad about something sometimes i think about it i'm like wow you you, you must really feel very strongly about this thing to expend energy on it, but good for you. That's what I think now. Good job being mad. I think I saw Nolan Lawson's follow-up post for years, Dave. It was very, it was very nice. It was just like web, web components are fine. They, you know what? They don't even need you. Enterprise has decided they're fine. So if you're, if you're not cool and want to whine about it, that's okay. Enterprise will be over here using them. So bye-bye. All right. So the relevant URL is stateofcss.com. Pretty nice, pretty nice URL there. And you, Hoijin, you were in, in, involved a, a little bit this year. Can you tell us how, how what, what was it like putting the survey together and what were you thinking about? How, what was your role? Yeah. So uh, this state of the CSS survey is run for like, this is the fifth year and it's the brainchild of, of Sasha Grief, right? And mm-hmm. I, he reached, he has reached out 
to folks to help in recent years, like last year was uh, Leah Veru. This year he reached out to me and I thought it'd be cool to, to help out. So basically I'm, I helped out with sort of like going through like, so what are these features that we want to feature this year? And like, it's not like I'm some professional like survey UX developer person. So it was a lot of like, I used to take the survey. I took the survey every year. I didn't really think too much about it other than like, hmm, wow, I wonder if other people know about this feature. But when you're putting it together, you're like, huh, should we, there's, there's like literally 500 CSS features, right? So like, and of course, state of the CSS, state of CSS, it's like, do you want to include only the new ones? But like there's some a new, right? New in CSS land is not a definitive word because like no. yeah. is new something that the browser just put in? Is new something that the spec just got written? Is new something that was around for five years but somehow just caught on? So new is not an easy metric to fill. Uh, so it was basically going through the list um, of what we had from last year, like, do we keep this? Do we do we drop this? And then, like, are there any new ones that we want to add? And so we had some, like, they're not hard and fast rules. But we had some, like, broad criteria. So it's, like, if the, like, the, there should be an implementation. So it's not, uh, like, yeah. you know, okay. high in the sky kind of situation. But then you also don't want, it, there was something that was consistently like, oh, more than 90% for a couple of years. We're like, yeah, I guess we can kind of drop that to save some space now. So it was like Flexbox or something. You're like, yeah, yeah, we all know what that is. That's yeah, we, we, we did drop that one because we're like, yeah, I think I think people have learned about Flexbox by now. So then we, we kind of dropped that one. So it was, I, I found it a, uh, really good exercise to go through like the whole list with Sasha and then the 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 one that I spent more time on was kind of uh miss the missing features and pain points part because now okay that part kind of veers into survey design land which is like not either of our expertise but what we found from last year is that we gave people free form fields and uh it was not easy trying to go through the data because you had to normalize the data and then you're going to have funky answers. Somehow like Safari became a thing, like an actual category. You're like, that's not a CSS. Okay, guys, I tell you're angry. It's fine. So this year we, we tried a different route. We tried like some prefill and then like so options. Like I think we did about 10. And then a f- uh, a freeform field, and and I I I know because I've read like I've read like two articles on the thing. I read about like about how people tend to go for defaults, and I did at the back of my mind. I'm like, are we influencing people that oh these are the top ten things that you should be thinking about? But on the other hand, you know, I used to like draw stuff, like customize shoes and stuff, and personal experience is that when people give me a, a like a theme it's much easier for me to to like be creative and think about more new ideas versus like oh no just do whatever you want and that is like so hard so I feel like this this style of asking people because it's not like feature feature is pretty black and white but we're like oh what what pain points in CSS are you experiencing or like do you think there are any missing features 
I feel like providing a like we I like we did research this to for like I'm gonna be full, full disclosure. So Chris, you wrote like a CSS wish list kind of thing, and I use that as reference. I'm like, let's see what all these top CSS folks wish they had, and like compile it down to ten features and interview people on it, because. I I thought there was I wasn't expecting the result I was expecting based on that ten that I put up and I'm like, yeah yeah we can we can talk about this oh can can I can I reveal what it is now I'll reveal what it is now so so like the top missing feature was actually animating to auto and yes I didn't think uh, about that yeah totally let's take that as number one I love it yeah it, yeah and I'm like oh wow wait actually that makes sense because I myself have done it. And I have like, I'm like, oh man, there's so many ways and all of them suck. It's terrible. They do. They do. They all suck. That's a, that's a good one. Just because you, if you've hit it, you've been bitten by it, you know, and you've done terrible things to try to solve it. And uh, it would be so great to just have, right? Like just. Uh, just right, give it to right. me. You know, it's almost a. I almost am nervous about us not getting it now because view transitions kind of does it. Like if you just remove something from the DOM, view transitions can do the thing where it it squishes it down to zero, essentially the missing gap. And you're like, that's kind of what I was trying to do anyway. So maybe the incentive is a little less to do it. But I still want it. Don't forget about it because animating in is still hard. And and the, the fact that you, you talked about that, right, like view transition, new, it's a, it's, it's a new feature that like, if you think about it, it's also very interesting how the mindset ought to change now 10 years in. I'd say 10 years because that's my anniversary. It's that like browsers are really capable now. And there were some big projects that happened. Like we probably didn't expect them to happen. Like like that huge a chromium rewrite like it's it was such a big project that i think at some point nobody thought anybody would rewrite anything at this point like chromium did their huge mm. rewrite and then back then like firefox was like oh let's let's do this whole new server and let's new the whole new engine called servo and now they're porting servo back so i feel like we didn't expect that browsers would get so good and so the things that we used like even like the spec authors and like some of the browser engineers were like ah we can't really do that like the browser can't do that and now we're like oh actually <laughs> well actually <laughs> there's a little follow-up from last week's show our friend of the show brian cardell chatted in with us in the d -d -d discord about um because we were, we were whining about regions speaking of css which list or i was anyway like oh that could be a cool thing that that css says i don't know if it made your list this year but i'm kind of a fan of the idea of being able to flow content between arbitrary cells or grid regions or something and and Brian said like you know, it, because of the I, I I think this is what he was saying. Sorry if I get it wrong, Brian. But you said that all these browser rewrites, you know, like when that was happening and being talked about, that was pre some of these rewrites. And it because of how CSS has evolved, it might actually be easier now. That it was kind of a hard no before, but it's a maybe now. Yes, <laughs> it's like, yeah, yes, cool. and and Leah highlighted this last year too. So even last year, right? It's it's starting. It's like people are starting to like, oh wait, we need to revisit some of these hard no's because the the browsers are different now. And so like has has which is like the hot property. Let's let let's let's say like 2023 is like it's the hot property, the has selector. It it's a it it was something that was like almost deemed a hard no and and browsers can be like, oh, 
actually, hey, guess what? Yeah. Wow. So I, I won't, I won't say anything is possible, but I say I want to say that like some of these hard no's, like you said, Chris, are now maybe's, and mm. I think that's a good enough. That's a good enough evolution for me. Well, let's keep going on that thread. Yeah, go ahead. Dave. I was going to say I, I really like that idea. Just that I, you know, like you said, Firefox redid its whole engine. Chrome was like, we can't do subgrid. They still don't have subgrid as the day we're recording it because they were like, oh, we have to redo the whole layout engine. You know, like some massive things have kind of happened, you know, under the hood. And it's just incredible that everything, I don't know. Yeah, it's been this this sudden, like, I, I think we didn't all realize, oh, yeah, all the browsers had to stop for a while working on CSS. And now they can start doing stuff again. So it's... It's very cool. So color was a big one for everybody too to kind of stop and work on and so Yeah. As we speak, subgrid's just starting to land across all of them now, right? So that's a big yeah, one. Yeah, uh yeah, Chrome has I'm not okay, like confession, I don't actually use the stable versions of, of browsers on <laughs> on my uh, computer. I have Ooh, risky uh, business. Oh and, wow. And so and so sometimes like <laughs> I forget and then I use this feature and then my like my lovely colleagues who are not developers are like, um, this this thing looks funny and, and they're so they're so cute about it because they think they did something wrong. I'm like, oh no, no, that's all on me, I'm sorry. Um so so I did I did run into that for a a, a personal favorite of, of mine, uh, this year's personal favorite. It's a it's called it's text wrap balance. It's so mm. it's so benign. It's like such a tiny little thing, but I love it because I don't know your web developer experience, but through my career, the number of times I've had people, designers, like content writers, come and like, hey, Huijing, um, you know, it would be nice if you know we could make that heading not have an orphan. And in my mind, I'm like, yeah, at one breakpoint, there's going to be another breakpoint where it's an orphan. What do you want me to do? But like, I'm like, mm, okay, let's do that. And like professional face. I'm like, okay. And then like do, I don't know how many lines of breakpointing or like, oh, there's a max, let's do a max width and like all kinds of oh, hacking shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. And now they come up with text wrap balance. I'm like, bam, like browser, you like, I, I love... I love seeing now that the browser is so capable is that like, browser, you do it. Like Chris, you were saying, get other people to do the work for you. I'm like, get the browser to do it for you. Yeah. And I yeah. feel like this is a pattern that started since Grid, right? Because the one of the one of the stories around Grid was like, you tell the browser how many columns you want, and then the browser will figure out how many columns it'll give you. Because the browser knows best. The browser knows how much content there is and it knows how much space it has. And so let the browser do it. Like stop telling, stop micromanaging, stop micromanaging your browser. And, uh, and, yeah, that's like the Andy Bell thing, right? Be the browser's mentor or and, something. And I, 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 like, I like that concept and I feel like gradually as, well, kudos to the browser engineers who really like sat down and did all this like major rewriting work that now moving forward, we potentially can have more tell the browser to do stuff situations. I'm very excited, even though I don't sound excited, I'm so excited inside. <laughs> Have you seen the, I was just, I, 
I feel like it's going to short out to be text wrap balance on headers and text wrap pretty on paragraphs or something. I, I just learned that the other day that the pretty value for it is actually just just for the the orphans or the yeah, widows yeah. or whatever. It's there, impossible to know. It's it's actually quite complicated, and I feel like I'm pretty lucky because like I'm not a browser engineer, but like I am part of this. Uh, W3C working group for Chinese language requirements because I, I do speak Chinese. And mm-hmm. um, I, I, I always like having discussions with them because it's not web specific, right? It's it's just like Chinese layout for digital and, and stuff. But then it, it kind of reminds me again that, oh, different languages do have different requirements for these typography specific CSS. So there's the reason why like the line line breaking line breaking, you know, word breaks, uh, even this text wrap is kind of mm-hmm. a, like a line break property is is cuz the al- is for cuz the algorithm behind it is is it used to be that browsers chose like the reason why lines break the way they are today is because the browsers weren't good enough to do the smart algorithm like some software, does, like the design software does it nicely, but the browsers don't. And tight designers used to be like, oh, why can't the browser do that? Like my design software does it. And it, it's, it's a, it was a performance thing. But again, back to the rewrites thing, they're revisiting this because like, ah, we think we can do the good algorithm this time. And then they're like, mm. and then there, there are other things. Like some of, the, some of my colleagues who are like involved because I help out with translations and stuff for this Chinese language thing. Like they're legit in the publishing industry and everything. And they're like, uh, actually the algorithm looks weird on Chinese text. It makes it uglier. We, we need to talk about that. And so they're involved oh, wow. in the discussion as well. So I, I'm just very fascinated by all these discussions. It makes it uglier. Oh no. For certain languages. Like right now it's a bit like Latin bit. East, uh, uh heavy and and that that's that's just how the internet works right that's just right my first learning of that was i, I like a lot you know I was, I was a young i was a young man then i had this post on css tricks called nth everything and it was one of my first like calls for um something i wanted in css because you know we have nth um what do we have nth child nth, certainly I, but yeah, there's some nth, nth, nth type, yeah and yeah, child. nth of type. But there's some text-based nths too, isn't there? There's like first letter anyway. You can do first yes. letter in CSS, yeah, yeah. right? But you yeah. can't do like nth letter two. Can't you can't grab the second letter, right? You can't do nth word. You can't do nth line. There's all these things that you can't do nth of, even though we have nth stuff. And I was like, I want this in my ignorance, kind of. And some of the pushback was like, but what does that mean across languages? Like, what is nth letter in Chinese? Doesn't it has a little bit of different implications there? If you're if it's a language that where a letter or a character is kind of like a whole word, is that still what you want? No, maybe. So anyway. I don't know where I was going with that, but it's it's complicated, especially across languages. Exactly, and and I I feel like I'm very lucky that I I grew up n- knowing multiple languages, but like multiple languages that have completely different scripts did give me. Uh, it, it's it's the I want I want to say it's almost the equivalent of someone who speaks English and Arabic. Like the the, the structure of the script itself is so completely different. That you're kind of like, oh, you think you, you do think about it more than someone who like only like only speaks Chinese, only speaks English, only speaks Spanish, for example, because because then it's not as top of mind, and that's why I'm I'm pretty 
I think it's pretty cool that like like the working groups and and, and W3CCSS working group they 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 do actively think about this, and they they are. I mean, they're not the most high-profile people, right? I, I I bet some people still think the CSS working group are like a a group of gremlins, like hiding <laughs> under like underground cave. Yeah, like, they're doing definitely culture. hooded. Whatever it is there, a, they a wear. A few of them are, Miriam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes. Yeah, but but like it's 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 really ordinary people and across different. At different countries, just you know, trying to figure out how to move the web forward, and and I feel especially it's especially important for the non-English ones, simply because like the web is so English-heavy today, to to a point where there there's some interesting questions that even like I don't we like the, that 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 group we we have no zero answers to because there's no precedent, which is like the the question of uh, U, just UX, for example, like. Arabic is right to left, right? And then there, like, there's some, there's some like CJK Chinese, Japanese, Korean layouts that are vertical. Not that mm-hmm. common, but still exists, right? What do you do for like UX controls in those situations? Because they didn't like exist. Like a date picker, you mean, or what? Something like that. Buttons, yeah, inputs, like picker, yeah. Uh, or media player. Like these are things that did not exist. In the physical realm, right? In the but when the digital realm started, everything was left to right by default, mm-hmm. right? So if you and and like right the other writing scripts caught up later, after a generation of folks learned how to use these UX controls that are you know arguably the, there are no words on there, right? They're symbols, but you know they're used to. Like you start on the left and you end on the right. Yeah, the little thumb in the YouTube player goes from the left to the right. That's just how YouTube works. Right. So then, what happens? Like now, the browser. Yeah, do you can stick do with stuff. that, or like do you, do we flip it around because it's a little more? Yeah. If you ask the average person on the street, you're not going to get like a uniform answer. And so, like, we can do it now. Do we? Do we want to do it? Do Do we? I see. That, I that's see. The kind yeah. Of like, it's like. Oh wow! It's. Do you think it's coming to a head with the logical properties thing? Uh, just as a quick story, I, I translated a website for, to, into Arabic and showed it to a friend who speaks Arabic, and they're like, "Yeah, it's fine." And then I'm like, "Is it fine though?" There's all this stuff that's still on the left, and they're like, "Oh, I just meant the words were fine." And then I was like, "Well, I'll take it a bit further and like use logical properties and have the stuff line up on the right like it should, and put the logo over there and stuff like that." And they're like, "Yeah, that's obviously way better," but they just didn't expect it. Because translated websites always suck. And they're like, yeah, that's about as good as it gets. You know, their initial response was, yeah, it's fine. Yes. And that, that's, that's, what, that's one thing that I, I do, do think about from time to time. And it's, it's like, are we just used, are, are, are non, non-majority users just used to settling? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, right. wow, yeah. that's, that's, a, that's a little dark. But, well, I mean, it is what it is, right? It is a little. And, oh no! Now that you mentioned, I have a I have a bit of a segue. Uh, I don't okay, know that do if that's how you use the word, but I'm left-handed. I'm left-handed, and I, I sometimes I use my phone on my on the left hand. And when I message people, and and I don't have the largest hands, right? My thumb like struggles to reach all the way across the phone to smash the end, like the send key or the enter mm. key. And then I was like, "Wow! I wish there was some way for me to just flip the, flip the, 
interaction stuff over to the left. And I went down a bit of a rabbit I went down a bit of the rabbit hole to, to see like, are there any left-handed concessions? I use an Android phone. The closest I got was like on one hand mode, you can make the keyboard smaller and then like kind of nudge it to the left or the right. But like, I want the enter key next to my thumb. And then I realized that if you hack into the developer options, you can force right to left. And then it's fun. Ooh. Then it's fun to see which apps respect it and which apps don't. Because I was like, I want to see, for example, if I use Telegram or if I use what is formerly known as the Bird app. Um, <laughs> like Telegram, I think, if I, I remember correctly, Telegram didn't move the key over, but like some of the other apps did. So I'm like, oh, this must be like on the application level, you got to do something. Because I'm, I'm sure like on the web, you can CSS it such that it respects the RTL, but then I'm like, this is a very specific mobile issue, which means it's kind of like a native app issue maybe. Yeah. But all in all, it was really clunky, even if you forced right to left. If you, like, cause like for some apps, the icon, so like the home icon went to the right when it's normally on the left and, and so on and, and so forth. Like some of the interface stuff also flipped and some didn't, some just flipped the text. And I'm like, wow. wow, this must be, I wonder, like, I wonder if like, they just, they just accept so that. So native apps, thing. some have some flow, some aspect of flow, like the yeah. web does. And, but know. like, it's a half and half experience. That. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if like the, the, the native Arabic speakers, I don't know, is, is that the type of experience that they get? Like, it's like a, oh, some stuff is there, some stuff is not, as long as I can read the text, it's fine. Kind of situation so it was like oh it was interesting to try i tried it for a day and then i said like it's it's too messy i switched back oh wow well, uh, that's that's frustrating This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by Notion. That's notion.com slash shop talk. Today, I'm excited to share that they just launched Notion Projects, which includes new powerful ways to manage projects and leverage the power of their built-in AI features too. Notion Projects combines project management with your docs, knowledge base, and AI, so you can stop jumping between tools and stop paying too much for them too. You know, over at CodePen, we use uh, uh, Notion for a lot of project management stuff. It's really cool. For example, there's lots of stuff we use it for, but for project management specifically, there's one big database and there's individual projects in that database just as a way to break things up into logical chunks of like, this is a big project we're working on within those projects. There are tasks, you know, and tasks are great. Those are the, that's the meat and potatoes. I feel like you can have people assigned to them. You can have estimates of how long they're going to take. You can even have another field. that's like, how long did it actually take when you close it and all kinds of metadata that you might need. And that's kind of cool. Cause then built into notion is like progress bars and stuff to show how far along a project can go. And then this is new as part of projects is this timeline view. So this, you know, we got this all set up and going at CodePen now. It's great. We can see who's on what tasks and what's coming up and what's blocked by other stuff. And there's all these arrows and stuff. And Notion has really made project management stuff really good. Uh, so I appreciate that. It's really kind of the perfect tool for it, in my opinion. So do your most efficient work with Notion projects. You can try it for free today at notion.com slash shop talk. That's all lowercase letters, notion.com slash shop talk. When you use our link, 
you're supporting our show. Go right now to notion.com slash shop talk. Uh, well, maybe we can, uh, do you want to do some of these the survey, you know, because the, the data's in here and that's why you listen to the show, people, is we get the data first. Just saying, you know, that's why, that's why you tune into Shop Talk Show. I'm looking at the responses from this, from the survey and lots of fascinating stuff here. Of course, um, it starts with a bunch of demographic stuff and it's important to look at because, you know, you want to make sure that <laughs> whatever. I don't think we'll spend time on that. Just we're trying to geek out on CSS features specifically. So the, one of the most interesting things you get to quickly is like the, and a lot of the survey seems based around this is kind of the like, have you heard of it? Have you used it? And the, the 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 difference between those because there's a big section of people you know for example you just haven't even heard of it and there's a, some of the things in here that people haven't heard of at all like for example trigonometry and CSS that one had a that one had a big gap of people that are just like what are you even talking about uh, which I, I found kind of interesting and then there's ones that lots of people have heard of it and used it this looks like the big winner in the survey was something like gap and Flexbox and Grid, loads of people have know about it and have used it. So that's like a big CSS success, I guess. And rightfully so, too. Gap is Gap is pretty huge. Were there any surprises for you, like like features that people are using or not using? I I didn't think anything was like particularly outlier. Uh, but like as we were chatting earlier, I feel like I'm quite comforted by the fact that like for the really newer ones, there's a larger chunk of people, like some of them where you can see one year to year, is it seems like there are more people, like there's an increase. There's an increase to know about it and have used it, which especially the have used it part, I'm like, oh, does this mean that people are more willing? to give the new features a try because they're expecting that, oh yeah, the browser will catch up real soon. As opposed to, yeah, there's the sentiment like years back where like, oh, the, no, I can't use it. It takes like, I can't use something new. I can't use Flexbox. Like the browsers don't support it properly. Like, and even, even after like 97% browsers supported it, some people still threw that line out because it's, it's not easy to change your mindset. So that, that I thought that was, was good. The other thing about CSS, and I had this discussions with some other folks before, is that there are some CSS that are more universal than others. Okay, right? Like, for example, there's some CSS where, like, if you don't have that use case, you're not going to use it. So personally, I'm like, usage, like, depending on the CSS, like, usage doesn't isn't like the only thing i think know about it is actually pretty it's more is, useful it's yeah. a pretty good like they should be in combination because my my take on css even is is like there's 500 like you you don't have to stress yourself like there's so much so much to learn about web development like don't stress yourself over 500 css properties no knowing that something exists that's honestly good enough even when you run into a project that you need the specific thing, you're like, oh, I heard of this thing. I wonder if it does it. Then you go, then you go learn about it and, and, and use it. But like up, no, having up to know about it 
knowledge. To me, I I personally think that's good enough. I don't know what other yeah, people, think, but I like. I think that's. Good it's almost like there's one in between that I that you could never ask on a survey like this, but I want to know, which is the like, do you have mental muscle memory for it yet? Because it's one thing to know it, and it's another thing to to automatically reach for it, even if you even if you don't use it maybe at work or whatever that that you're ready to do it. Like even things like container queries, I think that has a lot of pretty good awareness. You know, that that's an interesting one. Um, it's been jumped up. As far as usage, it looks like it went from about 5% in 2021 to 12, doubled to 12% in 2022, and then more than doubled again this year to 26%. But 26% for usage is not that high, but it's a, it's a trend of doubling. So I think we could expect 50% next year, which is, which is incredible. All these charts, notice all of usage and awareness, they go up and to the right. There's yeah. no, nothing that that drops. In, there's one there drop one. in awareness. There's one. Yeah, there's there's one. one. Poor CSS comparison functions have took a drop in one year. There's, even... a, there, there's another there's another one that actually dropped its content visibility, but I, I don't think that's too mm. large of an issue because even there have been some web.dev there was a web.dev article that says, like, if you don't know how to use it properly, please don't. Yeah, um, yeah. Because that one has to do with, like, performance. And, and like, it's almost a little bit of a micromanage property, if, if I can use that phrase correctly. Because, like, browser defaults are fine. But if you want something, like, super specific because of your super specific use case, you can use this one. So it's kind of like a... Oh, you! If you don't know what you're doing, please, please don't. Like it's like Pretty operating niche. a crane. Like please be skilled enough to do this, or otherwise you might kill someone. Kind of a situation. Mm. So, so I, I'm, I'm totally fine with that one trending down. I think, I think that's what the browser vendors are are hoping because I think they probably seem like, oh no, 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 you're not supposed to do it like that. Yeah. Interesting. Back to your earlier point, it is interesting to see these newer properties like that start in like 2021 or 2022 have steeper curves. It's almost like the, you know, the other ones are kind of, you know, whatever, a 30% curve. And these are more like 45 going up. It, it's pretty cool. So yeah, CSS nesting just skyrocketed from being introduced in 2022 with 62% awareness to all of a sudden, like what, 80 something this year, just whoosh, really, really high up. Yeah, you got to wish that hopefully people understand they're talking about native CSS nesting and not SAS or something, but who we, knows? We, we tried to be explicit about it, but like, you know, it, you can, if people don't read it, like, we're like, oh, well. But, but then again, I'm like, I, I, I wonder, like, if for the newer properties, people are more willing to, to accept that, like, oh, the browsers will all implement it at the same time versus some of the older ones where people have a bit of a traumatic experience and like, oh, mm. are, are, yeah, are is it just going to be broken forever? Uh, and I think, I think that's understandable. Like personally, as, as a user of CSS myself, I'm like, yeah, that, that, that one's understandable because it's like they, some browsers just, didn't get around to it to a point where like I'm like oh, I guess that's the norm now and and then it does take like what you mentioned Chris like mental capacity I think that's a like that's such a perfect thing to describe how web developers operate is that like there's just so much and we don't have infinite mental capacity so in fact sometimes I think like asking developers to 
constantly check what is supported and what is not. I wonder if that's a bit of a asking for mental capacity situation sometimes. Um, of course, in a, in a world where unicorns shit rainbows, I would love that everyone just actively does it like brushing their teeth, right? But, you know. <laughs> Do you think uh, the interop project has like impacted this too? Like, you know, maybe we're all, I don't know, just that browsers are kind of like, hey, we're working on this sort of stuff, these few properties uh, that lets us, or I don't know, encourages us to actually use them. I, I do feel that Interop is, is a fantastic project because it's kind of, they, when, when the browser, people from the browser side come out and say things, like people do stop and listen because, oh, this, this feels official. And when, when you say like all the browsers come together and, and say something, they're like, oh, wow, this feels, this feels big. And, and I sometimes wonder if it's like, it is a bit of like developer advocacy from, from the browser side of things, which I really like where that there's this whole push, uh, like Adam and Leah from, from the Google side, they have their podcast and then like web.dev where there are like so many like articles. And when, when it's published on web.dev, because it's like, it's kind of, I, I, I don't know if endorsed is the right word, but it's like, it's, it's a bit of an like browser vendors talk about yeah. stuff on this platform. So I wonder if that's one of the reasons why like has picked up so quickly because there was a series of, of coverage on web.dev and then so many other folks who write about CSS talk about web development also like, oh, let's talk about that. Like, look, what, what, like the, 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 the official interrupt people talking about it, let's talk about it too. And then it just gained momentum and went. And, and I, like, I like this way of the, the developing. It's like the browsers and like the CSS working group used to operate like so subtly to a point where nobody knew what was happening. But now I feel like they're, 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 they're starting to talk about it in a more public way. I, 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 I like it. I love it. I think it's a big plus. Like CSS mm -hmm. needs Developer more Developer evangelism works. You heard it here first. Yeah. For sure. And, and so I, I think I'm all for Interop. And, and I, I love how transparent they are. Like they have come out and said like, well, you know, we're not, you, when you think Google, you think 20,000 employees, but like, do you know how many people work on browsers? Like I don't, this is not common knowledge. And I always tell people that I meet who are not familiar. I'm like, look, if you put like all the browser, people who build browsers probably all know each other. You know, they're probably all fit in a really large elevator. Don't do that because <laughs> if that elevator crashes, that's it. It's a risk management problem. That's how, that's how small the group is. Like if all, don't, they should not never ever take the same plane. Like, no, they should not be <sighs> at like that. No, protect them. But you know, cause, cause there's, there's not a lot of them. There is. I, I always found it weird how there's the people who actually write brown there are different people than the you know like the spec people and Correct. developers like us and stuff but the people who write in c plus plus or whatever it is yeah. that actually make that like i've never met one never once you know like there i feel like I, I don't know what to think about that i just think that's interesting that they're a little separated from the rest of us somehow and and i i i know that the 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 folks, like that whole group that's involved, you know, from the, that C++ engineer to the person who's actually writing the spec, which boils down to a couple of handful of people as well. They, they are aware of this. And that's why that there's this recently, there's this layer of like evangelism from people who are trying to connect these two 
these these two groups, like the people who use the CSS. Seems like a good idea. Yeah. Because the people who write the browser are so specialized and they're just so good at what they do, but like they're not gonna be writing CSS. You know what I mean? And then those right. of us who write CSS are not gonna be writing browsers. And so you can do kind of need a little bit of a bridge. Yeah, I'll, I'll say. To 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 get and and that's how we're moving. That's the direction we're going in, and it, big plus, like all for it. Uh, there's a pretty weak usage of wide gamut colors, people. I'd say please get on that one. That's a little missed opportunity for y'all out there. I'd say very few, little tiny, little tiny dot on that one. The the other thing I would love, like now that the like all colors is very, I feel like it's very design. It's the design side of the spectrum CSS. What I would love is for the developers and the design community to have much better communication. Like I, I talked about this a bit in the past. It's like when I used to work at an ad agency many years ago, like my designers would come and give me like fantastical designs. And I would like very sadly have to tell them, sorry, I can't do it. But like after Grid came out, you know, like CSS shape, uh, that's a bit of a sad one for me. I wish it was more support. But these are properties that I wish that developers would like actively talk to their designers like, hey, remember that thing that I told you I couldn't do? We, we can do it now. Similar to how like browsers are saying like, oh, we can't do this and now we can. I, I feel like this conversation also needs to happen between developers and designers because then if designers know that these things are possible, they're going to design these things. Like the color thing, right? The white gamut colors. Like you can use these colors now like put them in the web design so that like yeah, I, the developer, yeah. can go implement them. Please don't I eye drop that on your crappy computer and, and ruin my high. Yeah. Right. Please use and, use and the I'm token, like, please. It's a we there we we do have an awareness problem, like awareness and communication problem between different groups because it's not like it used to be in the past where like when you were a webmaster, you did the design. You did the development, you did the DevOps, you FTP'd into your server, and then like, wow, you are a webmaster. Like, it's so specialized now, but like, we're not communicating enough that we're not taking full advantage of the capabilities. And I, and I, I feel like we need to do better in that regard. It's, it's, yeah, it's happening. Well, more, more evangelism, more evangelism. Uh, if we move on a little bit there, I, I was very, there's interesting, there's this reading list part of the, the feature of people that added thing to their reading list and topping the chart is anchor positioning. I'm glad that made the chart this year. It does have one very early implementation, I think, right? So I guess that was probably the criteria of making it on these lists in general. It's, I liked seeing that because it's so obviously useful. It's one of those things like put this thing by this other thing. Yeah, people need to do that when they're making websites. Pretty, pretty common thing. So a, a massive amount of interest in that and now provably so from via the survey. Yeah, and I feel like surveys like this one and I'm sure there, there are like some other means of like gathering developer feedback. I know that like the people who do browsers do keep an eye on these things. They're like, oh, people want that, huh? Because like, there's everyone wants everything. They need to prioritize. Like I mentioned, the browser teams are really small. Okay, it's a risk management problem, but they they do have to prioritize. Or like, so it's a feedback loop, right? Because like, if people want this but they don't talk about it, or if they if the browsers put out an, a, a feature but nobody uses it because it's so new, then browsers kind of think, oh, maybe nobody wants it. Well, then fine, we'll go work on something else. 
So it's kind of like we need to be more active with the feedback as users. Because I feel like overall, yeah, there, there are a couple of people who are pretty active. But like the general developer is pretty passive. Like we consume, like, you know, it's, it's my day job. I do it and then I call it a day. But I feel like if there's some feature that like really bugs you, and like, I wish this was here, it's messing, uh, like it's, it's impacting my work. Just, just, you don't even have to write a long ass blog post about it, but like just mention it. Uh, just a on, medium ass blog post. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, see the, I see the content visibility chart you're mentioning. It's really, every year less people have heard about content visibility. Every year, much, much fewer people have heard of it. Oh, that's, oh, that's an amazing one. Sorry, that's all I got. Go ahead. <laughs> well, so one thing I wanted to, like, it's cool to see, like, CSS usage, except for that one property is up. Um, but, like, what's interesting is, and not to dunk on anyone or anything, any project, but CSS framework usage is, is sort of like interest is sort of trending downward, you know, over time. And same with CSS in JS, um, the, the interest is kind of trending downward. Did you see the, that same thing I'm seeing? I, I did. I did notice that. And I, uh, but like, I I feel, I personally was ha happy about it. And then I think about it, I'm like, even, I feel like, you know, you, you, you still, there is a place for frameworks. Like they, 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 they need to exist because they, they do help. But what I what I what I felt good about when I saw the like the framework usage or even like the CSS in JS is like the one that helped very strongly is CSS modules and that's the one where you write actual CSS and I don't know I'm very heartened by that I'm like even if people have to write CSS in JS they're doing it like with just CSS syntax I I, I think I think that's great yeah good point no it's it's really yeah i don't know i mean like i should say like usage like for tailwind is like hitting 50% usage bootstraps going down from like 87 87 86.9 to 80% so like going down a bit but but that interest kind of metric is interesting just that people are kind of and i wonder if that's again speaking to the capabilities of css it's a I mean, grid plus a handful of properties gets you so dang far these days. Uh, maybe you don't need a whole, whole. I don't know, style system. So and yeah, and I, I feel I in 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 an ideal situation, I would like for like this the, these style systems to be for that specific use case. Like my use case, like oh, I really need this to help me do it, and so there'll always be an usage number there. But it's not it, it it's not like the default. Like the default goes back to like, oh let's just do CSS and then I'm, ah I ran into like, oh this is this project ah, I I need this framework then only we add it in, because like I feel like there was at some point, and this is a CSS uh, heavy discussion. But like for some ja JavaScript projects, like some it's almost instinctive for 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 some people to like I'll I'll start off my project with a framework. And of course, again, it depends on the nature of what thing you're building. But like, if you're just building a website, don't try the framework first. Like, you can always, like, if you, you start out like, oh, I'm going to build an e-commerce app. Like, yeah, 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 go, 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 go use the framework. Nobody's asking you to do that vanilla. But it, it, like, de again, depending on the project, right, I, I feel like you can consider rather than by default, like, not thinking too much, like, I'll just, you know, create X app. Yeah. 
I'm in such a weird spot in my career where it sounds harder to me to learn a framework. I'm like, that sounds hard. I'm just going to write the properties. It's just has a background and some border radius, right? So it's, geez, I can't, I can't learn your new, your new abstraction. It's too weird for me. Yeah, it, it is. It is a level level of abstraction. So, so I feel like I, I, I hope that like develop all developers have this like growth cycle where they start off and then they're like discover frameworks and they start using it because it makes their life easier and then they get to a point where like, I can write this better than a framework and then it goes back down again. Yeah, I feel like it's a it's a nice evolution. <laughs> There's a lot of properties on here that have 30, 40, 50% of people that have never heard of it year after year. And generally they shrink that we've been talking about the longer a property's been around or at least has been on this survey that it goes down. But these are still big chunks of people who have chosen to take a survey about CSS, thus have probably some vested interest in CSS. At least this crossed their desk somehow. It's just good to remember how many people are just like, what? on these things, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I have a larger point to make there, but just, it's just, you know, you, if you've heard of all this stuff, you are a rare beast because most people haven't. And and again, I feel like it's, it's, it's not like, nobody needs to feel bad that they didn't hear about everything on, on, on the list because some of these are so new. I'm like, some of these are really new. I wouldn't have expected anyone, some of them to have any, even any usage numbers, but there you go. So there, there are definitely some people who are like really interested in the new stuff. And then most people are just normal. Like if you don't know this newest thing, you're totally normal. And like, don't, don't, I feel like just don't, don't, don't need to stress about it. Like we would yeah, love for everything to be blue, but I'm like, yeah, I don't stress about it. Mm -hmm. It's, it's cool that you took this survey and now you know that this thing exists. So by nature of taking the survey, everyone who's in the gray can potentially now be in the blue, the light blue. So I think that's, I think that's cool. I think that's good. I love that. I, tech news generally, outside of just CSS, that's why I read RSS and newsletters and all these things that I do almost a little obsessively because I like a little, I like a little coffee in RSS, you know, no, no, no surprise there. But what I'm doing is I'm filling up my light blue bucket. I'm fluing up my have heard of it bucket and try to put it in there like, well, if I need this later, maybe it, maybe it'll be there when I need to reach for it. My light blue bucket. That's what I'm calling it from now on. Yeah. So I think I found a huge mistake. Um, I'm looking at the resources tab here. Um, uh, so it says like what, you know. Sites do you read? Blogs, CSS Tricks is up there. Yeah, I got <laughs> it. Yeah, okay. But I go down to the podcast section, and I'm seeing one, two, three, four. Shop Talks fifth. Wow. Wow. Shopper Maniacs. What's wow, going on? People. We are Weak. getting roasted. Come on. That's uh, <laughs> clearly some kind of flaw in the test so and then i'm looking <laughs> at the people and i i don't know maybe you misspelled my name as none but um i don't i just don't see him myself I, kevin powell of course <laughs> at the top chris and then Wow. Even, uh, wow, you know what yeah. just crushes in the podcast is people that didn't answer or don't listen to podcasts mm -hmm. that is the <laughs> predominant answer yeah, that just hurts yeah, no, I, yeah no, I think that was one of the surprising things but then the, after i see this i'm like ah no 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 i'm not not everybody's like me because I, I have a lot of podcasts. 
like I subscribe to a lot of podcasts and then I meet people who are like, what's a podcast? I'm like, <laughs> and you can hear that little gasp. I'm like, <gasps> yeah. And then I'm like, oh, am I the weirdo? <laughs> My favorite is when somebody's like, oh, I used to listen to that, but I stopped. And and then they're like, oh, sorry. Yeah. And I'm like, no, yeah. don't. Like, as yeah, somebody who cool. listens to podcasts, I fully understand. Like, you go in seasons of listening and yeah. not listening and yeah, like, yeah. It, don't worry about it. I got that all the time on CSS tricks too. They're like, oh, I used to read that website back when I sucked, you know? <laughs> yeah, hey, if cool. you think about it, that's actually, not, that's actually a bit of a compliment because they're like, I read it and then I got better. <laughs> I don't need you. I'll take that. Um, well, hey, I know we have a hard stop, but is there anything like, what's your biggest takeaway here? Is there is there one more big takeaway you have from the state of CSS? You wrote the conclusion, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I'm glad that I, I managed to like cover my, my, my major observation and hope is, is that like newer native CSS features is slowly trending upward, CSS framework slowly trending downward. And I think that's a very positive development. I, and I feel like there will always be CS, like framework usage will always be there. I My hope is that people be more uh, deliberate about it. They're like, I know that I need this framework for this project, but if I, but in general, I'm happy with the native support. That's that's just, I hope that's the, the where unicorns rainbows land that we can get to something. <laughs> The land we all want to exist in. Oh, yeah. Uh, wonderful. <laughs> well, on, on that uh, note, uh, we'll wrap it up. Uh, for people, who, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show and, and uh, dealing with time zones with us. We appreciate that. And then um, uh, for people who aren't following you and giving you money, how can they do that? Oh, I, I'm not. Uh, I'm on Mastodon. Um, I guess that y'all can do like the put the links in the podcast thing in post. Yeah, and uh, I'm. I mean, I I'm gainfully employed. Uh, I'm uh, working for the Inner Ledger Foundation, and uh, I'm probably mo- a lot of people haven't heard about it. But like, think of it as uh, it, it, Dave uses Gmail, and like I use Yahoo, and Chris has his own server. We can all send emails to each other, no problem. Uh, what we're trying to do, we're trying to do something. We're trying to build at the protocol level uh, for payments that we're able to send across whatever wallet, whatever account, whatever bank you use, make it like standardized protocol mm. such that it's it's a huge undertaking, but I think it's really interesting to be working on the side of like standards and protocol, which is one level below apps. Uh, so that's 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 the day job. So so they they are giving me money, so like we're happy with that. Well, and if Inner Ledger takes off, it'll be a lot easier to give you money. So that should fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Fingers so, crossed. yeah. Well, thank you uh, so much again for coming on the show, and thank you, uh, dear listener, for downloading this in your podcast your choice. Be sure to start heart favorite up. That's how people find out about the show. Follow us on whatever website we do now, and uh, and uh, join us in the Discord, patreon.com slash shop.show. We're all threads now. Huge on threads. All huge on threads. Only threads. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. I, me, us, and Taco Bell just hanging out on threads. So, Chris, you got anything else you'd like to say? <laughs> oh, shop.show.com. <laughs>